A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So I come home from work last night, mate, and um, Kat bought two pairs of skinny jeans. No, Kat doesn't wear I don't think jeans. Well, I don't think they'd be your style. No, 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 they're not oh, for, for hair. For hair, yeah. And so we're like, I was like, what? And she, was, she did the whole, look, I need your honest opinion. And I was like, brilliant, fashion show, get the popcorn and all that. Like, she come down, I was like, they look really good, babe. I, I've told you for ages you buy these type of things. And now it's got me thinking, now that she's got skinny jeans, can I get them as well? You should, you should have been getting them. I thought so too. Yeah. Did you see that photo of the guy at the Man United game? No. Oh, yeah. Actually. That's why I've not. Why? Okay. Yeah. They're super skinny jeans, <laughs> by the way. Or jeggings. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a rule of thumb. Going to, going to Tesco's or Asda and whatever cut the like Tesco's own brand are, never buy that cut of jeans. Why? Because it's normally like boot cut or straight, and you should boot cut or straight now. Never buy boot cut or straight jeans. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so anyway, opening question this week to kick us off comes from Daniel underscore Robson 98, um, who's sent in some good questions in the past, um, and this is no exception. But if you could pick a rotation slash bench player from any Premier League team to sign, who would it be? And why? Oh wow, that's a tough question. Yeah, you've so obviously I've, seen this question. So I've, 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 I've definitely seen it. Like, can you think? Of, have you thought about no, it? No, no, not at all. Because that, where, where would the fun be in that? People, people tune into My this word. every week to listen to us basically fill time. I take it Aguero's not an answer here. No, no, not at the minute. But, but when Jesus was there, he was. Boney <laughs> would, have, would, be, would have been the answer. Yeah, I get. I, I, I take your point on that. If you really want it, if you really want to cop out on that and go for Sergio Aguero, by all means do. Um, it's you know it's I I choose to think of this as like maybe like an ultimate utility player kind of thing maybe you know someone who who serves a specific purpose mm. for something you know I would have and and I think he's I don't know if he's announced he's announced he's leaving Man United I don't know whether he's announced his retirement I was I didn't watch the video because I don't care that much but I would still love Bastian Schweinsteiger mm. and I know he's well well past his best you know his, his better days are gone but I I was really jealous when Man United signed him he's done for all for them. Um, but I, 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 I love him as a footballer, and I always wanted him. At, always wanted him at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, good footballer. Um, it's probably not going to be a popular choice. Ooh, maybe someone like Olivier Giroud. Okay, I know. I know historically. He's, it, that type of a striker hasn't worked for Liverpool, but I, I think, think I, they've seen that Arsenal managed to play similar style of football to us and get him scoring goals, and yeah. it's a great change up. He is more what we uh, again. Maybe, maybe does he does he does he plough around like we'd need? Probably not. But you look at, I think he's more. 
and this is going to sound weird, allow me to qualify this before everyone turns off when I say he's more Crouch than Carroll. And yeah. by that, I mean he's just a better footballer. I think Carroll's a good footballer, but he's not a battering man, but you can but you can use him that way. He's got a bit more skill. He's, he's Ibrahimovic light, isn't he? You know, he's, he's, he's talented, he's got great feet, he likes bringing people into play. He's got an eye for goal as well. Um, but yeah, the fact that he's a, he's a big lad, he doesn't mind going ahead. He's he's changed games for Arsenal this season. He was one of the reasons, the fact that they re- relegated him to being that plan B almost was one of the reasons I thought Arsenal were going to have a great season. Then it's all gone badly to um, good question. That's a very, very good question. Please do let us know actually yours um, by tweeting in at the Redmen TV. Just put um, ha- he's hashtag bench player. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah, as, as ever, if you want to watch us do this, you want to watch us drink cups of tea and occasionally spill them down our front a la last week, uh, you can do the redmentv.com. We have the video. It's an exclusive for our um, for our subscribers and there's always With an extra bit. Yeah, exactly. We only do about you know, 10, 10, 15 minutes or so at the end as well of extra questions sent in by you. It's always good fun. Anyway, um, so Chris, we beat Man City on Sunday. That Did was we? this week. We are still recovering. Did we beat them? Sorry. We played Man City. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, we played Man City at the weekend. Um, good job I was switched on then. I know, absolutely imagine. <laughs> uh, but this, I think it, it ties nicely into my point that um, felt like a I'm win. still recovering. <laughs> so genuinely, I'm, I'm still mentally and physically exhausted from watching that game. Yeah, it was a crazy game of football, wasn't mm. it? I, just... Just end to end, mate, and it, you, you just—it's—it's those games of football that make you realise why you're so passionate about football. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes you you can watch a game and go, "Oh, that's good for the neutral and stuff," and that was one of those ones. But it was also good for the fans as well because it, you never really knew how it was going to turn out, and obviously, you know. I was a little bit fraught towards the end with the chances that they were getting and stuff, but I thought Liverpool did really well again. And, you know, five wins, five draws in the 10 games against the other top six sides this season, unbeaten against them. Um, absolutely brilliant. I mean, what's that? You've taken four points off each of your closest rivals this season. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, that's it, it, it's absolutely incredible. The thing for me, I have this 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 thing that started to develop in me and I've not been able to put words to it as such. But we've had a few of those games where you come to the end of it or you come in the next day and you're like, was that ner- was that nervy or was it just me, my nerves being transposed onto onto the game? Uh, and you watch it, you watch I've watched so many games back this season and I've gone, No, we just battered these. Why was I so nervous throughout the match? Um this game was the exact opposite of that. And I did think, I can't even remember what point it was in the game, it was probably about an hour in, and I thought is this one of them games? Are we are we better than and then and then like they they would stride forward and carve us open and create a chance and there'd be a, 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 a moment where you go ah! and I was like no 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 this is definitely one of those games when you're allowed to be nervous about things because it was exactly what you're saying there it was it was it was end to end it was like swashbuckling stuff yeah. that, that it looked like at any po- any at any any given moment either team could land the the killer blow that was going to end it and yet. For whatever reason, they conspired amongst themselves, or just moments of madness, or moments of just just utter craziness. Neither team was able to get it get it over the line. It's madness. You're talking about two of the sides with the best attacks in the Premier League, and you know we've scored more goals than anybody else this season so far. Created more chances than anyone. Um, I think we're actually third in Europe for chances created. Really? Um, yeah. Um, second, I think it's Juventus might be top. Oh. To be honest, oh no, Inter Milan are top. Oh really? Re- yeah, random. Um, 
Yeah, there you go. There's my world football knowledge. Thank yes. you. Squawk. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, is who scored still a thing? Yeah, who scores very much a thing. Is they've really? actually got really good stats and analysis now. They've they've put in like the um, the heat maps and all this type of stuff. And in fact, I've got some of the who scored stuff in front of me for oh, later man, on in the that's show. That's crazy because uh, talk because you know. Because they do the comparison matrix like Squawker now. Ah, well, that's a big difference because that was what tipped it over for me. I, 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 um, I was never particularly enamoured with either site until the until the comparison matrix on Squawker. It's mad that I, yeah, we're not totally forgotten who's good. It literally just came back, to, came back to me right there. Um, but I, but I do digress. Yeah, I think I, I can't understand how both sides didn't score more than one goal. Yeah. I think you know we've got to talk about it. The Adam Lallana one is is insane. Mm. Um, now I did a little bit on the final word of backing him up based on an article that Paul Thompson wrote on his subscriber site. Um, it's amazing, by the way. If you like long reads and in depth football analysis, mm-hmm. go and check out the Tonkin Times. It oh, really absolutely. is truly tremendous for five pounds a month. And he did this the big thing on a how. You know, hitting a shot like that, it's inexcusable, but it's a lot more difficult than it just coming across to your head. And yeah. I don't want to go in too much because I spent a few minutes talking about it, but how he never scored that goal, yeah. it still baffles me. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't know whether I'm going to be able to watch it back now. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's interesting because we put out the... Um, a video of our reaction to the to the penalty and what have you. I actually think we was thinking about this in the driving this morning. With hindsight, the more the better video was probably us reacting to the to the miss because the reactions in the room and, the, and people we watched the um, the story of the match video all saying that was my reaction. That's exactly how I reacted. Yeah, so like loads, loads of people floor. just jumped on the floor and ate grass. Yeah, Tom just sprawled. Yeah, it's weird because we've never hoovered this grass. Yeah, no, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a lie. That's been hoovered. Has he? Yeah. yeah. When? Once upon a time. And now, and now Tom's licked it clean. Brilliant. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a crazy, genuinely crazy moment. I um, yeah, I. It's, 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 it's. Isn't it a weird world where you are, look? You're thinking, oh god, I really wish we, I really wish we'd beaten Man City. This is, you know, I, I look at, I look at what we've got, and I, I, I love our attack. I love a lot of the players we've got in that team, but I would, if I was being cold-hearted and absolutely brutal, there are loads more Man City players that I would yeah. put, into, put if in you that, did a combined eleven, team. Mane, Mane, yeah, that's the pretty much from the attacking three that you'd put in. Yeah, and I think Lallana would would be fringes, but I would have. I just like I loved David Silva so much that I would have him. It's, have him. A, it's almost like for like, isn't it? Both two players with not not huge amounts of pace, but massive amounts of skill and vision and guile. I saw some of that from from David Silva, like a little little reverse Cruyffs and all this kind of stuff. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. And I think you know, I think Raheem Sterling was free at the back post when he was doing that, um, and. And I expected David Silva to pick him out, yeah. and I think he missed it. And I think we got a little bit lucky because mm-hmm. David Silva normally picks that guy out and normally sees that because his vision's yeah. incredible. He's, he's got that mental map of what's going on on the pitch. Yeah, and at it's all the, the, the lefty thing as well. Always, but you know, here's here's something that we've not discussed on the final way, and I probably wanted to talk about it um, yesterday, but I think maybe we should talk about it now. Mm-hmm. You're very much like me. You hang your hat on things as far as Liverpool go. You, you think, well, it'll be all right here. It'll be all right there. I can yeah. see this for the future because you like to look forwards and you like to be positive. I very much felt this was the game that Fulcatino was going to come back. Yeah. And I feel very disappointed that it wasn't, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree on that. Uh, we, we, you're right. I, I get with everything we've done. If anyone wants more analysis on the City game, we do loads of it. There's, there's a 60 minute show on the redmentv.com right now, which you can watch. We, we, we covered everything almost but this. We touched on this very, very briefly. Um, yeah. I, I think. 
I almost was trying to, I don't know, like jink, anti-jinx it in my head in the build-up because I talk about this thing, like what Phil Coutinho does is he, historically for Liverpool is he has a few, he has some bad games and you start to think, is he all that? And then he crops up in a massive game and, and does the do, and becomes world class and you go wow and it was interesting because we were talking to we were doing the Bossy Social Club yesterday and we were talking about we were talking about world class players and I and I was saying how pleased I am and it was kind of what I was alluding to with the city stuff how pleased I am that we're able to go toe to toe with top teams when we've we've got no world class players and Liam Tolan from um, United People's TV says Coutinho. And everything he did, he just went, no, he's not. Phil Coutinho's not world class. And um, I think he was playing at a world class level for the first half of the season until his injury. Absolutely. You know, he was on, he was on course for 15 odd goals, you yeah. know what I mean, this season. And to get to get that return for, as, a, as a, essentially as a winger um, and probably get the best, nearly double figures in assists or whatever, that's a that's a really solid return. It's probably not actually quite world class if we th- if we think about it. But um world class kind of changed nowadays, hasn't it? With mm, the with because of Ronaldo and Messi and just, Suarez, exactly. I mean, I don't know whether we can. Is world class the same and they're just ahead of it, <laughs> or do we evaluate world class? <laughs> well, no, it's it's it's, it's the, you know, this one go, this it's spinal tap, isn't it? Mm. You know, why don't you make ten louder? No, this one goes to eleven. You know, it's um, it's it's you know, I I completely agree with that. I think. Um, Phil Coutinho is at the moment is international class, um, which again needs defining, you know, because there's some shit players who play international football, but you know, he is We're one looking of the, at you, San Marino. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's 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 you know, he is he's one of Brazil's best players. Yeah, he is. but he's not Brazil's best player. Um and and he I don't I just don't know. Although I, I would say, judging from reports coming out of Brazil He's not far away, mm. you know. I, I think he's performed at a better level than Neymar over the last eighteen months, maybe. I'd be interested. I don't um, know if that's, if that's yeah, if that's, that's what I've been point. reading about. Um, you know, it's been a while since the last international games for them and stuff. But yeah, Fulcatino has been the spark in that team, and Neymar, although you know, still a quality player, I still think he is a better player. Yeah. Um, has been doing it at international level better than Neymar. It's interesting that, but yeah, Neymar. I mean. It's Neymar, mate. It's Neymar. It's, did you see his assist for the winning goal in, in the Champions League the other week? No. Just ah, fucking unbelievable. What competition? No, that so it, it's played during the midweeks. Ah, uh, no, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I, I'm really, I'm really frustrated by Phil Coutinho because I think we have a, an issue, and this is this is actually an issue where I think where people get dead wound up by fan channels and stuff is because, and I, it's something that I've been kind of. I've been saying a bit more recently because it kind of came to me. I know Boss Street's working on a documentary on fan media at the moment, and it was something I didn't think of until after I'd done my done my piece for it. But it's how the reason we think do I think the reason delusional has has crept in a lot more is because your beliefs on your football, the way we talk about football to like the fe- the fellas of other teams in the pub or whatever is very differently to how we talk to our own. F- Fan, fans of the same club were very it's very insular in that regard and you do you, you, you put your own football club first and you you know you, you you watch of the football you watch unless you're one of those people who probably is unmarried and has a very a very a very very relaxed life you the only team you really really watch is your own is your own team so I'm, i i love Phil Coutinho. i think he, i think he's great but then i watched i got to watch pretty much the entire arsenal west brom game at the weekend um and I watched Alexis Sanchez, and I know he, he, he got injured and faded badly, but the first half an hour of that game, and I, and, and every time I've seen him play this season, I, I watched him play from that left-hand side, and I just thought, Phil Coutinho was nowhere near, mm. nowhere near that. And the different players, you know, they, they are different players, but I just looked at it and thought, 
he's that's the difference. That that's where we are right now. Is that Phil Coutinho still is very much is this? He's like a young player. Like yeah, you know, he's he's a right. he's a he's a second and third tier. You know, he's the guy behind the guy behind the guy for us. And we need more guys who are the guy. The guy because yeah. I, I think sorry, Chris. I think Mane's amazing, but I don't think he's the guy because I still think he's very he's a thing. He he do, he performs a function for the team. I don't think he's your main. Maybe he, maybe he can go on to, to become it. I think Firmino and is the guy, but I also don't think he's good enough to be the guy. The guy because he's only he's, re, he's realistically only doing it in half of the games. Yeah, in you're the right. Season. I just I just want to take you back to what you started that point with really about the fan media stuff and what I I, I think on the subject is that you know. Take it back twenty years when we were watching football, um, and you might be able to watch match of the day, and you wouldn't. Maybe it was before the Sky games, or before everybody had Sky or had access yeah. to the internet to watch every game. You had this love for football, or I certainly had this love for football, um, and I would take in as much as I could. Now, what's happened is you are saturated by articles and podcasts and videos, and we're part of the problem slash solution on this for your own club and now when it comes down to it I'd rather read listen mm-hmm. and watch videos and stories about Liverpool Football Club yeah. whereas you never used to get all of that you had the echo once a day yeah. and you'd add teletext and you'd wait four pages to see three lines or yeah. a paragraph about Liverpool yeah. so now you, I think this insular thing is created by the fact that we've got so much access to media around our own football yeah. clubs yeah. that you just don't have a time or be the want to go out there and, and find out about these other clubs well there's loads more distraction isn't it because I think back to it and I, I, I was telling you like the, the hard drive on my skybox packed up over the weekend so it literally just went back to being an old school skybox. What's on's on? So I, I I was up with the baby on the Sunday morning, and I got up like five minutes in. I I, I got downstairs. And I was like, oh, match the day. Oh, I can't watch it recorded, um, which I normally would do. Oh hello, it's half seven in the morning. It's on now. So I watched it, and because I couldn't fa- fast forward it or skip or whatever, it made me pay more attention to it. And and similarly, you know, again, I had the I just had the, I had the, the footy on while I was doing it. I had it's the distractions is that there are very few things these days, and Liverpool's one of the very few things in my life that I don't have my phone in my hand. Which is absolute bollocks because when I'm going the game, I have to I'm doing goal reactions and all that kind of stuff. But you know what I mean. I'm not checking my phone. I'm not updating. I'm not on Twitter. And I'm not. I'm not reading articles. I'm not multitasking. I, I, I engage with. I, I watch the game. I watch the game intently, and that's the problem with with other football now. Is you're right. I can, more, what happens more often than not is I'll put match of the day on, and you get your phone out, or you'll go, or you'll skip forward, and you go, I can't, I can't really be fucked to watch Watford. Who cares? But I did because I had no I had no choice, and I think that's where exactly what you're talking about. There is that when we were kids, you had you got up in the morning and you had Gazetta football, yeah. and it was on, and it was football, and you loved football, so you watched that because it was the only football you could watch. Or you could go and play on your computer, but if you didn't play on your computer, you watched what was on telly, and you had sad, but you had four channels to choose from, or maybe you were lucky and you had Sky yeah, and mate, you had I, I used to watch more. Ski Sunday, Transworld Sport, and, yeah. and and Gazetta Football. Yeah. That was my Sunday, like yeah. And that's it. And I think this is the world we've got into now. We've really fallen yeah. out with the skiing. <laughs> I really want to watch Eddie the, Eddie the Eagle movie. It looks, it looks Alberto Tomba was always my favourite, an Italian skier from back in the day. He didn't look like a skier, he looked like Neil Ruddock in a ski suit. I genuinely knew, he right though, I genuinely knew more about general sports when I was in the, in the 90s when I was a kid. I think about like, like athletics, 
couldn't tell you much about athletics anymore, but I remember the the the, the Steve Backley javelin battle yeah, 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 of the yeah. to get get the, the break in ninety meters and there was that the, there was a new javelin that come in that was it was it, it went it, over hundred meters and, and then ended then up getting it again. Yeah, got banned and, and blah blah blah. What like, was the guy's name? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Um, I can picture him. He looks a little bit like um, Antonio Conte with a bit of a mop. <laughs> but it was amazing. Oh, that's going to do my head in. Maybe yeah. by the end of the podcast, it'll come back. Yeah, when we have a, when we have a, a break that you'll never know happened. Um, but the um, <laughs> visual gag. Um, yes, for more visual gags, of course, please do go to redmantv.com and watch the video. Um, yeah, I, I agree on that, and I, I think this is the way we are. And it was it was actually quite an eye opener. It was interesting because we did we did a thing on Gareth Southgate talking about this about England as a, as a nation, and people need to almost leave to to look back look back in on, on, on what we are. And football, I think football's getting more and more that way. And it was for me. It's and I, I it, what I got was. I get why so many people get wound up by players and they, and, they, and they look at other players and I think it's it's actually in some respects what's the word it's it's actually like from the Matrix it's not it's a line in general but you know, ignorance is bliss mm. he's like saying you know I'm eating this steak and to me this is you know it, it's I know it's a digital creation but it, for me in front of me it looks like an amazing steak and I think to kind of get you through you've got to look at your players and go, yeah, you're great. Because yeah. what's the point? Particularly when you're in, like, I mean, in the start, the season's begun. There's no sense in, in in slobbering all over footage of Alexis Sanchez because what are you going to do about it? But now we're getting into this part of the season now where I'm looking at it and I'm, I, I was talking about Daniel Sturridge. We've got nine games left in the season. We're past the point now where Daniel Sturridge is going to resurrect his Liverpool career. Yeah, we're right. getting to the point now where decisions have probably already been made about several several players, players' futures and what have you. And um, but it also means that I think this is a good time to start looking around the league and say, where do we need to? Where do we? Well, need that's to it. Funnily enough, I'm doing a, a two part show this week on, on on trying to identify what Liverpool need to go and win the league. And you know, on the LFC stat show, um, we're going to look back at all the Premier League sides over the last. Up going back to the Invincibles and look at like the pace, the power, <coughs> the trickery, the size of the players. And we're going to go really in depth on it, me and John, this week. And then next week, we're going to profile players from around Europe mm-hmm. and the world who maybe fit those. Because I, just thinking back to the Invincibles, you got a little bit of steel, you got a little bit of flair, you got Roberto Perez up top with. Thierry Henry Roberto Perez Robert Perez sorry <laughs> up top with Thierry Henry but you've got the steel of Paddy Vera Sol Campbell solid centre back yeah. you had the pacey full back in Ashley Cole Um and you know, and then the Chelsea side that went and got the most records in the Premier League—a good mix of pace and power and trickery and stuff—and I think this Liverpool side's lacking a few of those attributes. And yeah. I want to see what Liverpool need moving forward and it's a good time of the year because all right we're still in the race for the top four but because we're playing one game a week I think the focus now for me has shifted it's kind of forked in the road and I've got one half of me that's looking at this season still and one half that's looking at next season I think you can keep focus on those two things whereas I think if it's Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday or Thursday, (laughs) Sunday you kind of have to just keep ploughing on and get through to the end of the season so we're in a I'm in a little bit of a different situation this year that I am looking a bit further forward Yeah, it's very interesting and stuff, and I, it, I think it's a it's a fascinating summer, isn't it? Because I look, I'm looking at the stuff that's happening at Arsenal, and I, I, know, I don't think Liverpool are going to have that level of managerial crisis, ho- hopefully, anytime soon. Um, but I think when it comes to the, the you know the ownership and the board, and the, and, the, and there could be issues where people start to talk about the transfer committee again, kind of thing. It's a massive summer, and and at the minute we're still everything still exists in limbo because whether we. Pardon me. Whether we whether it fits our narrative or not, um, 
Liverpool will have a far easier run at things in terms of transfers if they've got Champions League football to, to mm. offer footballers. I, I, I see no sense in debating that as a fact. That'll do. That'll do me as as as, as facty as you as you're likely to get. I think in this at this point of the season. Um, but you know how we how we go about how we attack this, how we identify problems, and I'm, I mean, like I say, I'm 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 I'm, I'm cool with it I'm kind of chill with it because I think I am that I'm, I'm quite relaxed in a general sense anyway but it was a great point made by um, Steve Orr on the final word when he talked about Genie Wijnaldum and he's like look how great Genie Wijnaldum is I and he was he was you know by all accounts a, a, a decent a decent level, Premier League level left winger, but when he when we signed him, we thought he was going to be playing that position. Not one of us thought he's the answer to that left hand side. We all thought, you know, fine, that's a lot of money for someone who we thinks we thinks okay. Now I'm looking at him and saying, if you bought, if you told, if you you could probably pick a name that was already great in that position, and you told me you got him, who did all those things for twenty five million pounds, you'd be like, amazing, you know, absolute absolute steal. So I'm kind of. I'm confident that we will identify the problems and we'll do yeah. we we'll do some interesting the Gini, stuff. The Genie Wijnaldum thing's really interesting actually because we were talking last week about the the type of player, weren't we, that Liverpool should go after, and the, and specifically I think we were talking about the age and experience of a player. Mm-hmm. Now Genie Wijnaldum fits a lot of those categories, doesn't he? He's probably a little touch older than players that we've signed in the past. I think he's is he 26 now? I think he might have been 25 when we signed him. Yeah. So he's really coming into the best years of his career yeah. with not too many years at Liverpool to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got. Experience Experience of not massive, massive Champions League ties and stuff or anything, but you know he's he's certainly won leagues. Um, he's, he was experienced in the Premier League as well. But you would never, you're right, you would never think that's the guy that Liverpool need to go out and sign and shore up the midfield. Yeah. And that's exactly what he's done so far. That, look at those perform the performances. Look at him since the turn of the year. He has been when we, when Liverpool have gone through their roughest patch of the season, I think he's been our best, our consistently our best player mm-hmm. throughout that period, and he seems to be getting better and better and better. And that's exactly that. The, the performances that he put in, I had no concept of him being able to put those performances in, and we really, really see we've seen hints of it at the start of the season and what have you. But it still didn't make make sense to me. You see now what he is, and you think like what? And it, that the good thing about that, and that, that I think again it's. But kind of like going back on the points we made last week is where he fits the mould in terms of age he wouldn't have fit the mould it's like people would be people would still be adverse to a signing someone yeah, like no, that you're, you're totally right you, you know people would be like what the fuck like if we went and signed a, re- a player from the championship who'd just been relegated this summer people would be like what the fuck and I'm, but I'm kind of like taking Steve's points I'm kind of like let's see how we've how did you? I think I I agree with your with your point from last week. Is that we really could do with having someone to hold up and go what? Like you know, I I, I always refer back to like the summer of two thousand and seven when we signed Fernando Torres yeah. and we got Torres. And once you've got Torres in, it kind of makes you you can accept everything else that you're doing in the market. And we went and bought, I think we got Lucas Laver and we got um, well, Ryan Babble. Now, Ryan Babble, by all accounts, wasn't who we wanted. He was a second or third choice. But he, we went and got a, a quite expensive, young, up-and-coming player. And we were like, great. And he was able to come in and have less pressure on him because we bought this worldy of a, of a centre-forward who was like, wow, the goal. It helped that he, he was really good. Yeah. you know, Because he could have been shit. Because that <coughs> happens with transfers, doesn't it? But yeah, something like that this summer would... would I, maybe I, that maybe that's what like your Lacazette is. I mean, I, I don't know enough about him. You know, I've seen bits and pieces of him and stuff, but I still come back to it. Why? 
why hasn't anybody else mm. taken a punt on him? But it could be that because his name's been bandied around for a couple of years, much like Fernando Torres <coughs> was at the time as yeah. well. Uh, and yet, for some reason, he never left. It was his boyhood club. Thankfully, you know, we obviously always liked Liverpool and stuff, and we made the bid. And Benitez, the Spanish connection, I think helped us get sure. that one over the line and stuff. But, uh, yeah, the, 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 really Lacazette, the Lacazette one's interesting, actually. There's a quite, in fact, it leads us into a question, actually, on that. Um, Corey Quirk, just you know, we don't do these later, but I think while we're talking about it, just said if Lukaku wanted to join us, say we get a top four, and that's that picture of a snake. Uh, would you rather him proven Premier League scorer or someone like Lacazette? The, the the Lacazette thing came up on again, came up on Social Club this week, and we talked about what Everton need to do in terms of to send a message to to the league, and like we kind of almost almost in, in agreement that Lacazette would fit would fit that really nicely because he's got whether he'd be great or not. I don't know, but so many people are so desperate for him to sign that there would be so much buzz around signing him. Hmm. And I, I don't want to sign in players that the manager doesn't want and don't fit with what we do. And I don't know enough about him to say that one way or the other. But I would, I would like to see us do. You know what I mean? If he's if he does move to the Premier League this summer and someone's going to have him and the top teams are after him, I would like us to be the team that. Yeah, the yeah, totally. Him, yeah. That's it. If if others if other big sides are in for him and Jurgen Klopp wants him, then make it happen. Like, yeah, I think it's a big summer for FSG, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I just an answer to 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 Corey. Then we we did the Lukaku stuff sort of semi seriously the other week on the Reds News Roundup, um, which you can find on you can find that video on the YouTube channel as well, actually. Um, but I, for a start, I don't think Lukaku suits what we do. I'm not saying Lacazette. Does or would, but if nothing else, Lacazette's going to cost you half the money that you probably would pay mm. for Lukaku. Everton are probably looking at like 60, 70 million for Lukaku this summer. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it wouldn't be. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't be upset if we signed Lukaku, but I also, I'd want to get, I don't know, I don't. I still don't know who that guy is, but I think we've, we're starting to build up an idea of what the guy is. I think if you're going to spend £70 million, you can probably get someone who does exactly what Jürgen Klopp uh, yeah, wants. Yeah, I think that's right. I think there's a there's a key part of Lukaku's game that's missing, and it's what Firmino's got. Yeah. I think there's a key part of Firmino's game that's missing, and it's what, what Lukaku's got. <laughs> yeah. And if you're spending £60, £70 million, you need to be buying the finished article. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to do get in the minute in a moment. Chris, international break. Uh, yeah, I, I, would can I, that just get in the bin? That should get in the bin. That's almost the, there. You go. There's just done for this week. No, I, I based on some of the stuff that Gareth Southgate was coming out with, it did it buoyed me a little bit in terms of it's it's nice to see a frank assessment and not like a, a wanky frank assessment like Roy Hodgson of going like un, like downplaying expectations but doing it really snidely mm. basically because he's doing it to protect himself he he's come in he he seized saw the scale of what was being asked knew it wasn't possible looked to save himself as possible because that's what Royalton always does protects his it protects his CV first and foremost um, but to have Gareth Southgate come in and I don't think he's done it in a self-serving manner he's come out and gone like I don't England need to get get their head around the fact that they're not they're not a well. They're not a well power on the on the international scene, etc. Et like downplaying it. expectations is telling the truth. Exactly, isn't it? exactly. As I say, he's not sugarcoating it. He's not. He's not just saying, "Oh, you know, we need to be careful." In major terms, he's going, "No, look, the, the country. It, we need a we need a revamp of stuff," which I thought was really. I think really, uh, there's some really good points that he makes, and one of them I think is is more aimed at youngsters who want to break into the England side. Who, who think that that's a, a long term goal for them because you know they're not getting the opportunities. Uh, not as many. Sorry, not as many players young 
young English players are getting the opportunities in the Premier League to yeah. showcase what they can do. And I think it's very easy for English players to oh, I'll just earn a really good wage in the Championship. Yeah. And that's really not good enough. Yeah. Not if you want to succeed on the international stage. And it might be a few years before you make that step up into the Premier League. I don't even think it's the Championship thing that's the issue. It's that it's the kids who are playing under 23 football. And or sitting on or in the fringes of Premier League, so it's the Championship. You know what I mean? Fair play. Go and be go and be a boss player in the Championship. But this is the this is my point, Paul. It's not going to do them any good. And and neither's playing in the Premier League too either. And I yeah. think you're right. You know it does cover both of them. Um, but what you've got to what you've got to remember is that they'll get paid a wedge to play in the Championship, probably as much as you're getting paid in most of the teams in Serie A yeah, yeah. nowadays. And, and your experience isn't good enough yeah. because you're not getting that worldly experience. You're yeah. not getting the top training yeah, either. No, you're right, yeah. you, you know, So there's there's a lot more to be gained than just money in football. And if you want to be successful, and these English players, I think, do want to be successful, there are different career paths available to them. The world's a lot smaller nowadays than yeah. it was years ago. It was a great point raised. I think it might have been Ped, which is, you know, stands and... <laughs> that you know, it's Gareth Southgate's almost saying, uh, "I will con- don't worry about going abroad. I'll still con- I'll still consider you," which I think is a, is a, is a brilliant point. And he talks about Joe Hart, doesn't he? And he says, like Joe Joe Hart, it will it'll have been a bit of a shock to him because to go from Man City's training facilities to go into Torino's training facilities. Let's be honest, Torino are not into Milan. They're not AC. Um, they are you very, very you've much got a little bit more, though, won't you? Yeah, exactly. You know, they're very, very, very much in the shadow of Juventus. Um, but yeah, exactly. You know, you go there, get, get makes you makes you need to work a bit harder. You're not being as pampered and whatever. It gives you a better worldview. So, Mike, and hopefully, comes back a better person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I say, that whole thing made me a little bit more interested in the, in the whole thing. And I, I've got, I've, I've, the more Gareth Southgate speaks and the more I see his his passion and stuff, the more I'm more positive. And also because I am. I can almost like an anti hipster. Like if some if people think stuff's really uncool, I almost instinctively have to back it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm kind of I'm prepared to give him a bit of bit of time. I probably I still won't watch the matches. Like, um, <laughs> and and as ever, we'll we'll be crossing our fingers and hoping they come back. And what what I think what one of the more interesting things is that uh, it's, you you remind me of this morning as Liverpool go off to gone off to Tenerife for another little warm weather break with the guys who've not gone. And this is another last opportunity. I think I thought Lamanga might might be it, but given that we've seen a, what what happens with a, with the odd injury or two, I think given that Firmino's had an injury, Origi's had an injury, still no signs of Sturridge coming back anytime soon. Yeah, you he's not travelled with the side. Well, you know, you, I, I I keep banging on about this, and it, again, no signs that it's going to happen, but it'd be nice. Is Shea Ojo's got got an opportunity? Someone like Jan Dande, you know, these these kids have got a, a real chance to put themselves in the eye line of the manager. Yeah, you're totally right, and you know there, there are other there are other opportunities there for them. You know, Jordan Henderson's travelled, Lucas Lever, Joel Matip, Dejan Lovren, Luis Carius, they've all travelled to this training camp in Tenerife with the players that you've already mentioned, the youngsters, Jan Dande, Shea Ojo, Conor Randall, Alberto Moreno's travelled as well. Um, what's really good is that they'll be getting some one-on-one time with the likes of. Jordan Henderson with the likes of Dejan Lovren yeah. you know with some of these first team players Lucas Lever and, and you know it's not just about building up a rapport with these players but I get the feeling that Jordan Henderson and the senior players will really be putting an arm around these players yeah. in Tenerife and uh, it's quite interesting that a few of these players I think Yandander actually travelled to La Manga as well although it wasn't very well covered at the time 
it'll be good for their development, not just because they're putting themselves in front of Jurgen Klopp, but because they're training in, a, in the manner that the first team say with Jurgen Klopp and his training guys and all the first team players. And yeah. hopefully we could see something come back end of the season out of these lads. Well, it's interesting because we, I think we've we've established and we've made a, a point of it a few times about how Klopp's got his 11 and he doesn't like to deviate from that too much unless it's absolutely Woodburn. necessary. But... Um, well, it would be interesting. But I, I, thought, it, I don't know whether it's great game, or it's though, a shame think, yeah. because he's gone on international. He's got he's gone gone with, gone with Wales. But what I, the point is, what I was going to say is like we had this last this time last year, and we saw we started to see. And, and I know this is when we kind of split the squad around this time last year, and we started to focus on the Europa League. But we did see more from Shea Ojo. We did mm. see more from Jordan Ibe. These kind of players got got. Simply got more game time, so you know who knows there could be an opportunity there for for one of, for one of those. Players, I'd love maybe. to see a little bit of Shay. I know you've been banging on about it for weeks, like, but you know he's got something that I don't think any of the other forward players have got yeah. in this squad. Yeah, and it's a re- it could be a really good change up. You know, um, we saw a little bit for the first time probably against Manchester City of Sadio Mane moving over to the left hand side towards mm-hmm. the end of the game, and I love the idea of maybe playing Shay on the right, Mane on the left, two inverted, fast, tricky guy. Guys who've got an eye for goal. Well, what's interesting because what we saw for the first, almost the first time actually, um, we brought a region and, and, and it didn't work. <coughs> we brought him on. We brought him on at while he went left, then he went right, and then eventually he went, he went central. But I, I, we've been saying this for a while. Like, what, God, just stick him there because you're not going to get the best out of him. But there's something to be said for having a lad who's got a bit of pace and just stick balls in the channels, and it it it, it didn't work against Man City. So I do wonder. If Klopp's mentality has changed to the point where he's thinking, right, let's just keep Firmino on the pitch at all times, but let's freshen it up in those in those wide areas if we're going to play on the counter, which is a, we're, we're less likely to see given the opposition that we're that, that we're facing between mm-hmm. now and the end of the season. But I do, I do, I, 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 I've got this, the story in my head. Kind of goes, just bring Shea Ojo in that situation because he's big, he's powerful, and he's a. He's more naturally suited to playing to yeah. playing that wide. That is that's his position. So again, it wouldn't shock me if it wouldn't shock me if we didn't see anything of Ojo this season. If we didn't see any of these young players get a, get a sniffing other than the ones we've seen already. But equally, because of what we saw last season and because of just this slight shift in in thinking, you know, I, I, it's not outside the realms of possibility someone could actually play themselves like an Ojo yeah, play yeah, yeah. themselves to contention. Although you know, again, if you're new to the Redmen podcast. Um, this you know yeah you're probably totally on board on this if you're a regular viewer of the shows uh, the subscriber shows on, on the website you'll be like Paul you've been saying this for 30 months now and there's been no sign of it and you're absolutely right um, but he has been done he's been I think he's been improved quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com moved in the 23s and, and you know ultimately who knows um, right we're going to move on now we're going to go to get in the bin uh, where we pick one thing from Liverpool FC culture to put in the bin um, Nathaniel Klein and Trent Alexander-Arnold you're putting them in the bin not putting both of them in the bin <laughs> I'm putting talk of Trent going ahead of Nathaniel Klein in the bin Paul. Yeah. and it's staying in the bin and the reason it's staying in the bin is because there is no reason to have a debate about whether Nathaniel Klein's a good right back. Yeah. He's a good right back. Yeah. He's not a shit right back. Yeah. And that can go in the bin as well. Yeah. I know it's something that annoys you, isn't it? Is yeah. that people call him players shit when yeah. they're clearly not shit? Yeah, yeah we have. This... Might not be the player that you need or yeah. you want, but they're not shit. Listen, we all there was a way. Uh, this is a, this is a conversation about the evolution of the English language as much as anything else. But yeah, we, we I have to. Try, I've been trying to explain to my four-year-old son that you don't hate anything. You don't hate. You're not old enough to hate anything. So if you say I hate something, you're not allowed to use that word because hate is a word that has to be saved and saved for proper for the proper you know circumstances and equally with, with footballers. And it's sad because I don't mean we all do it. We all do it. We're all guilty of it in one one way or another. Yeah. But to say someone is shit, they're not. They're not. They're really good. If they're playing football in the Premier League, they're really good at footy. Really, really, really good. Um, there are obviously players who are much better than, than certain players. But yeah, yeah, no, you put. I, I, I. I I think this is, I'm fully behind you on this. I don't think it needs to stay in the bin forever, though, um, because I think there will be a, there will be a case to be made at some point in the maybe future. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, maybe down the line, but for this season, certainly it's getting it's getting slam dunked in the bin. Yeah, completely. Uh, look, I, we we did a, a large portion of the show last week on this on the stat show again, and you know one of the things that I wanted to bring, why I wanted to bring it up on the podcast really is because it's behind the paywall and not everybody gets to see one of my favorite shows of the week anyway and you know we put a lot of time and 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 research into these shows and to try and give people a well-rounded view on football and you know sometimes you take things that you think like we we take a topic that maybe we think we know about yeah. and we analyze it and go actually do you know what we were wrong there um and this is one of those where Actually, we were right for once. Um, sometimes, I know, I know it was the, the same week, actually, you'd mentioned about... It was We were talking on the podcast last week about the um, Liverpool being shit against smaller teams. Mm-hmm. And I took that and I'd, I'd made the point of, well, actually, we've beaten more teams lower down the league by sure. goals and stuff. But actually, you know what? I realised I'd said it, thought about it. I was like, I'm going to analyse that. Yeah. And we came to the conclusion that, yeah, we are shit against the smaller teams and, <laughs> and there's a load of reasons why yeah. and that's all on that show as well. But the Nathaniel Klein stuff's really interesting. We put it out on Twitter uh, and got asked everybody for their top five in order, right-backs. Now, nobody nobody really rated Nathaniel Klein less than third best right-back in the league. Mm-hmm. There's loads of people rated him as number one, loads yep. of people rated him as number two behind Kyle Walker, but nobody rated him lower than three yep. in the league. That in itself... Says that he's not a shit right back. No, it, it actually says that he's in the top few percentile of of Premier League right backs. Or he's got a load backs. of Twitter fans. Or he's got a load of Twitter fans, and that could be the case as well. <laughs> no, I agree. I, 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 it's it says, but it is the thing, and it's a point I think I might have raised on the final word show this week about how. I mean, we know this. There has to be a scapegoat at, at any at the football club at any at any given. When Chan's playing well, exactly. Emery Chan started to put in a couple of decent shifts. I was like, whoa, what a player he is! And it's like there's got to be a question because. 
and 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 I, I think some of this is coming from the this is coming from the media. I think this is coming. I think some of this is coming from the Liverpool Echo as well. This is like I don't think I don't think Andy Kelly meant this to go as, to be as much of a thing as it was when he he talked up Trent in, uh, in from the twenty three game the other week. Yeah, it was but it was picked Chelsea, up, wasn't it? But it was picked up by Joe Rimmer, who's also sound a good writer as well. Um, but it's because there is people need to do need to fill that we call it. You mentioned it earlier. There's so much stuff to to. We get we're into a world now where you you we gen, there's an industry been generated and then when you then start have to have to fill a, a requirement for the amount of content that's generated and when you're being told you've got to generate clicks and yada yada yada, we know that Jürgen doesn't change his team very often. So there's not actually been, with the exception of you can maybe even argue Clavan last week, that's and maybe Mignolet. There's there's not really been another player, maybe Wijnaldum, who's Performed so well on the outskirts of his first eleven that he's that he's played his way mm. his way in. It's often come the only times it's come is goalkeeper Carius lost that place yeah. as much as Mignolet won it. Um, I, I think one other money, but maybe you could argue Chan lost it a little bit, etc., etc. And similarly with the the, the, the Clavin Lovren stuff, I think Origi won his place actually around the December time over at least Daniel Sturridge yeah he won, his, uh, won a, a slot up a further up the bench than he, in, some, in some regards but you know so you need to be that's where the conversation has to come from it has to come from speculation it has to come from has such and such done enough to earn it we do it with fucking Ojo but this I've done is, it already on this, this, yeah. is, this is the point I will ask anybody listening to the podcast and, and video views as well do you think and just you know think about this to yourself do you think Nathaniel Klein shit at crossing I'm pretty much going to say across the board that most people would say again. Yes, I wouldn't say shit at crossing, but I wouldn't say he was. He was I wouldn't say he's great at crossing. Now, if I was to say to you, how many times does Nathaniel Kane cross a game? A, a, hand, a handful at best, a couple, two, two or two, three. Right, zero point six. He's averaging a game right. across the season so far. Right, that's interesting in and of itself, mm. isn't it? Because maybe he knows his shit at crossing yeah. and maybe he doesn't do it very often. Uh, so, you know, you can take these things and, and this is where I like the stats side of stuff because you can take things that you think, as I would have been, I would have said three times a game, I yeah. think, before we started doing this. So even higher than you. Um, and there's a, there's a direct relation for some reason with people keep saying he's shit at crossing. Well, he must be shit at crossing. He doesn't do it very often. And then since we did that show last week, I watched the game at City. He didn't buy a cross. No. And this is this is a guy who is being lambasted for being shit at crossing, not crossing the ball. Yeah, no, it's true. Maybe, I'd rather him cross the ball. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's interesting because the only cross I can think of that stands out is the one where he created the goal from. Was it Sunderland or was it Middlesbrough? I forget which. Um, I think it was Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Away. Um, and yeah, so that, that stands out as being that. And we were more of that. Well, yeah, but I mean, obviously, yeah, it's not. It does get not quite as easy. Crosses. That interestingly, though, it's a, it's a complete swing when you look at his crossing away from home. Uh, his crossing goes up to one point six, one point one a game away from home. Zero point one, so he's putting one cross out of ten games at Anfield on average. Man. One cross in ten games, and this is a guy being lambasted for his crossing. Mm, you know, and, and I see, you know, I notice it more at Anfield because I'm there every single week. Whereas the away games, you watch it on the telly, you, you get caught up in other things as well. Not just you're not just watching the football, yeah, either, no, essentially. Absolutely. So, well, it's interesting. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, I'm sure you do similar comparisons or whatever. But it's telling that I think that would feed into my idea of when we're, when we're away from home. We, we throw well that's where we've been weak as well we throw so many more men forward in there and the whole more men makes better exactly. and we have this thing where Nathaniel Klein ends up playing 
30 yards from the opposition, 18 yards from the opposition touchline. Like, and yeah. it's interesting. And look, just to, just to go through some of the some of the stats really quickly. Uh, tackles, he averages just under what Kyle Walker averages. He loses less tackles than anybody of Kyle Walker, Hector Bellerin, um, Valencia, and James Coleman, who the other guys voted in there. He makes more key passes per game than any other right back in the Premier League. That includes Kyle Walker. He creates more chances. He makes more forward passes. He makes more passes. He's just more involved than any of these players. So I, I like to take this. I like to take a view and go. You know what? Coupled with what I've seen at the football, coupled with the uh, with the stats. Sorry, Trent's not there yet, and no, he could well get not. there. But oh, we've not seen enough. Look at Man City. We said exactly that. There's, there's the one where um, he, he, he tracks back with Sane and he wins. He wins. He buys himself a free kick because it's just it's expert defending. Maybe Trent can do that. But realistically, I think I don't think Sane would have given him a. A, a bastard of a game, you know, in that regard. And we saw this at Old Trafford. I thought Trent ultimately handled himself pretty well, but they were they, they targeted him and, and he held up, I say, reasonably well. But he was still in loads of trouble. I was still I was still having palpitations. Watch people go watching Martial go up against them and what what have you. So yeah, here's the thing: we do this all the time, and we and, and what I agree. What we actually need to put in the bin of this is this notion that we need to have more attacking players in every position on the yeah, pitch you're right what's wrong with a right back being a right back what we need to do really is if Milner is the for me anyway if Milner is this is the midfielder playing in that position he should be better at that I think we should be getting more out of the guy on the left hand side and I think you know the fact that he's a, he's a absolute penalty expert kind of the, the kind of hides a little bit of that because he's, he's probably like our fifth top goal scorer or something this season um, but the that's the thing for for me for Milner. Milner I would suspect Milner puts in a lot more crosses, much more than one one point one and one point one zero one. This is the thing. I think Liverpool fans are focusing on the wrong position. Mm. You know, if there's if there's positions to be strengthened Jeez. now, maybe it's because maybe it's because they've got a guy there. We've got a guy there that we think can do the job. Maybe that's different. Maybe that's why we're focusing on that yeah. because we, there's a genuine feeling of this guy's better than this guy, yeah. and it's not a case of well, we actually we just we're going to buy someone for that position. So maybe that's why people are talking about it. But yeah. I just it just feels like there's this weight of of a movement against Nathaniel Klein, or there was certainly last week that they just shouldn't. Have been I, I, I don't. And why yeah. put so much pressure on Trent? Why is, put so much pressure on him? Exactly. I think I, I what I'm. I'm keen on a few people. Have, I actually someone tweeted me today to ask, and we, we've done. You know, we we had this conversation. You've done this, the stats on it. We've actually done a lot on it. We've done more on this than was necessary. We did it like a whole, probably did five six minutes on it on the on the build up show last week as well. Like it's just we've done this to death. And what I'm pleased is I don't really see people talking about it. I've heard people make mention to it. I don't know where people are talking about it. And the good and I think most of this comes from what you're saying there is I think the general consensus among the, the vast majority of Liverpool fans, from what I can sense. It's not an issue. It really isn't because it, uh, just the simple way to put it: if I asked everyone listening, and asked everyone watching at home, if we went out and spent twenty-five million pounds, thirty million pounds, whatever, mm. on a on a on another right back, but we didn't spend that thirty million pounds on a centre half or a, another attacking midfielder or a centre, you know what I mean? If we took that thirty million pounds out of the budget for <laughs> one of the Goalkeeper, centre yeah. half, centre defensive mid, attacking mid, striker Mental. positions. Mental, exactly, absolutely crazy. What it's why, why on earth would you? It's not. It's just. It's simply a position we're quite well stocked in. Now, if you said we were spending it on a on a left back, I'd be all in on that. Yeah, there's loads of positions. There's, there's literally. If you told me we were spending money to buy a top quality player in any other position on the pitch, 
I'd be absolutely all over that. And again, if we've got a bottomless pit of money, wait, why not? Why not find an upgrade on Nathaniel Klein? Because why not? Let's let's dream. Let's go and live in cloud, fairy cloud land. No, I know, but I know, but exactly. But you know, you're looking. I, the thing is, I would be looking for someone who's a, pretty much exactly Nathaniel Klein, except half a foot taller. Yeah. That would be my main issue with him, and that's actually borne out in the stats as well. You may be he doesn't win many headers. Did, sorry, was Anto- Antonio Valencia was, there, was yeah. in there? Um, he, he does the most crossing. Yeah, he's the right winger. Well, exa- that was the only <laughs> thing for me is that is that is maybe it's another situation where you get a guy who was like look like you're not playing Victor Moses right back, but look you what what Chelsea have done with him is they've taken a guy who's not good enough to play Ed Nazard's role. Mm. He's just not good enough. He's not He's not skillful enough. He's not, fast enough. He's not, he's not got that X factor, whatever it may be. And that's what Man United had done with Antonio Valencia. He replaced, in inverted commas, Cristiano Ronaldo, but he was never going to be able to replace him. What they've done is they've, they've taken attributes of him and, and used them. We kind of did it with Downing, but I think you know what Valencia's got, and, and I didn't know, I don't know whether Moses got it, but he certainly more, has it more than I thought he ever would. People have got that commitment, you know, that passion. You can you can make up for for stuff like Milner's got it. That's yeah. why Milner works yeah, in that yeah, position because yeah. he he dies for the cause. He'll run around for you all day. He's happy to get stuck in. He's happy to put his face on the line. That kind of stuff. And that's the only other situation where you're going to find that. But even then, you're always going to lose out on something because, as you've said plenty of times, specialists do the job the better than non-specialists. Quite simply, let's let's get back to this world of. Right back should be right back, centre back should, should be centre back. Yeah, you know? love it, love it. Yeah, so there you go. That bin gets in the bin. off. Ooh. Indeed, slam the purple lid shut. Um, okay, so we asked you for your questions. We we got an absolute ton of them this week. Um, we're going to do something special though. Um, I, I'm going to continue to talk while you Excellent. set this up. Um, so we're going to be doing this live on Periscope as well for a, for a section of it because obviously. Um, Chris hasn't briefed Tom on this in any way, shape, or form. They were having a good chat outside about some other stuff, um, but they didn't they didn't chat through this. So we're going to be taking some of your questions and we're going to be doing it live, which means nothing to you guys watching and listening after the fact. But we do have some questions first that I will I will start with while Chris hastily finds his Periscope app. Correct. <laughs> um, what well, actually, Salim uh, Bakita, I'm happy to answer this one. Um, asked, I have heard you say Liverpool is a socialist city. Why? Um, well, first and foremost, it's because we hate Tories. Um, but there, there is a there, there is a there is a core at, at Liverpool's heart where it's about the you know putting people first and what have you. And there's a and that comes obviously it's very the very working class culture of the city and having seen a, a city with with the, the, the founded on the industry and you had the docks and what have you and a, a city that was left to decline by the rise of the right ring and the right and the rise of capitalism and what have you. Um, and a city that was therefore left to rot and had to kind of fend for itself to some extent. So, you know, at the very base of it, Liverpool is a, is a, is a left-wing city at, at most, at, at, you know, at, in the very easiest sense in the predominantly predominantly Labour voters. And you'll notice that think what people want about Jeremy Corbyn, but I, I, he's got a very big following within the city of Liverpool. Um but in a wider sense than that, you know, it was about things about like workers' rights and standing up for 
you know the individual rights of people and making sure people can afford to put food on the table before we're, we're worrying about you know feeding the 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 the, the, the nannies and the uh, the people who are living in the extra houses of the fat cats running major corporations and what have you uh, and also just generally speaking because we're just nice we're just a nice bunch of people um how, how are we getting on with this we're cool let's get another question in the bag from here first uh, amazing um, oh this from kez uh, underscore lfc7 what is the one thing you've always wanted to do but never got around to doing it? Try to keep it clean. I'm <laughs> <laughs> fucked now. Um, <laughs> one thing I've wanted to do but never got around to doing it. This is really weird. I, I don't even think I've spoken to you about this, actually, Paul. This is one of those things that I've always wanted to join the army. Okay. It's mental, that, isn't it? That I've is never, mental. like, we've known each other a long time. I've never time. told anyone that before, like, no. anyone at all, my wife or anything. Like, I've, I've always, there's always been something in me that's made me want to try and test myself in that type of a situation. Really jumping, climbing trees, yeah, stuff like. it's like, I don't know what it is. I like pressure situations. Like, don't you don't always react well in pressure situations, that's fine, like, yeah. but I like to put myself in those type of situations, and yeah, it's completely random. And I it's think you really like a strange. command structure as well. Yeah, I do, and that's fine as well, like, yeah. people like that, and some people don't and stuff, but yeah, it's, it's, it's probably that, like. Wow, the army, the killing side? Um, okay, just burn off the stress. No, I think so, yeah, I think... <laughs> I fancy doing I mean, look, ultimately, one day I'm just going to snap and kill some people and go to prison. So I might as well join the army and, and kill some people and it'd be, be a cool thing. Um, right, well, I'm yeah. on Periscope as well. So, so yeah, we're now live on Periscope. For those of you who watch on Periscope, hello, the, the, the three of you that will be online in the first 10 seconds of turning it on. Um, we're recording podcast number five, Red Men TV. We're answering some of your questions. I'll kick us off. If you watch on Periscope, send us some questions in now. Tom will do his best to filter through them. I'll, we'll do one more while we're waiting for that to, to do. But just to answer the question, Question. So the question was, what's the one thing you've always wanted to do but never got around to doing it? You know what mine was? It, it's one of two of it, uh, skydiving, stroke bungee jumping. Yeah. Always, like always, particularly the, the skydiving thing was always like, I absolutely have to do that before I die. Until? And then as I got older, I realised that, and this is why I, I've actually developed, a, not a phobia, but I'm more uncomfortable and like f- with flying than I was because there's simply that thing of, if this goes wrong, that's it. Hmm. And the, the, there's so much more of there's so much more to come from me. <laughs> it's like you know what I mean. I've got so many plans to, to go. Off. I plan to do a lot of things in the next for the rest of eternity of my life. Um, I don't. I, I see no sense in being just because Dead. someone. No, no, because someone for someone fucks something up. I know the odds of it are minuscule, but it was. It was someone asked me the question about. I don't know what we brought up on. It was like the giraffes thing. Why I, I'm not. I'm not keen on giraffes. And I'm, not, I'm just not keen on I'm not keen on mammals, whether they're herbivores or not, that are bigger than me. Because if a giraffe decides to snap and it wants to eat, you've yeah. seen giraffes fight. It's incredible. Yeah, I know. Where they swing the necks at each other. You'd be I've, dead. Had, I've literally had one. I did this thing in, in America, and I've had one within a foot of me. And again, herbivore, great. It puts some privet on your hand. I can say one day it's not outside the realms of possibility. Because look, I, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a cannibal, but people are cannibals. And maybe the, the the first giraffe on earth snaps and goes, "I fancy a bit of I fancy a bit of human flesh." All I'm saying is, it will never be me. 
that's the first person to die by getting eaten by a giraffe. Because okay. I try to stay clear of situations that could lead to really death stupid, by giraffe. obvious mortal- mortality. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah so, death by giraffe, yeah. Death by giraffe. It's massive worry don't for me be that, Don't be massive that. Massive worry. Don't be that. Can't sleep life. at night sometimes. I mean, just no, thinking about it's things. not something that keeps me up at night, but it's the kind of thing that, you know, you just gotta have a, you've just got to have a sense for these things. Okay, Paul. To the best of your ability. Tom, have you got any questions? Okay, this is working a treat. Um, basically, say the people who actually oh, use Twitter in written form have done us an absolute solid. Go on, what, what have you got? Why is Coutinho so overrated, lads? Why is Coutinho so overrated? Who was that? Uh, Jack Mitchell. It went before I did. Not. Jack Mitchell. Why is Coutinho so overrated? We've um, actually done a bit on the podcast. Yeah, I don't think he. Coutinho I don't think he's a lot actually. I don't think he's overrated by Liverpool fans. I think fans of other clubs maybe overrate him. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I think he, he can be very much a match of the day player if you were to just switch on and watch match of the day and see him take pot shots and score goals from 35 yards out and whatever, 30 yards out. Uh, so I think Liverpool fans probably understand how good he can be <coughs> yeah. and are a little bit disappointed that he's not hit those heights yet. Yeah, I think he's def overrated. I think he is def overrated by Liverpool fans because he, he has to be, you know, he's the guy, he's, he's the last one left of that, that crop. From 13, 14, I know Sturridge is technically still here, but you know, he's got the number 10 shirt, he's beautiful, isn't he? He does do amazing things, and he's the one who all the kids in Liverpool have got 10 Coutinho on the back. So there is that weight of expectation. There are a percentage, I'm not there's a percentage of Liverpool fans over raising, but I, I totally agree with that. Is that because of the nature of who we are, and we don't have the, the household names that a Man United have got, that a City have got, or what have you? That you're right. I think if you asked the average man on the street to name a Liverpool player, I don't know who they'd name as one of. But if you asked your average football fan, it would probably be one of Coutinho or Coutinho, Lallana, or Mane would probably be the three, yeah. and then and Sturridge. You know what I mean? Um, and of them, you would you could contend that Coutinho is maybe the best of them. Although Sadio Mane's been amazing. So yeah. Any more, Tom? Yeah, uh, Deadly Coutinho, I think was his name. Said um, they're going so fast. Uh, he said. If we get a top class striker this summer, where does Firmino fit in? So if he gets a top class, if we get a top class so, striker this summer, where does Coutinho fit so, in? So yeah, in, in, Firmino. Firmino. So interesting. I think we did we do this on week one of the podcast. I feel I feel we actually we mm. did do quite a lot. It's come up a lot. Um, so obviously this is just a question segment for those of you joining us on Periscope. Please do come and listen to the, the full pod when it's uploaded today. But uh, yeah, I think we the very simplest one of this is I think people have a very limited understanding of how squads work because of how we've been particularly the Jürgen Klopp is that I don't think we'll have quite as much of a nailed on 11 mm. next season if we buy if we were to buy three first team quality players next season it's just a simple fact that you'll see I think you'll see Lalana rotated more you'd see Firmino rotated more you'd probably see Coutinho rotated more yeah I think you're right there I think if you look back at what Klopp did at Dortmund when they first got into the Champions League he did keep a very stable first 11 when he got back into the Champions League for the first time and it didn't it didn't go particularly well and then I think he understood then and you know when they went when they started to make those runs in the Champions League to the final and whatnot um he started to use his squad a lot more yeah I think he'd learned from his mistakes. I don't think we'll see him make the same mistakes yeah. that he's made previously in his career. Um, so I do think that we'll see a lot more of a squad rotation personally. I've said it so many times. I think we're going 4-2-3-1 and we'll maybe rotate Firmino, Lalana in some games in the number 10 position. I could see us playing the 4-3-3 against big sides with Firmino yeah. still up top. Uh, it really depends on who the striker is and how they fit into the system. Yeah, it's becoming my favourite expression of label horses for courses. Mm. You know, we'll see a much more adaptable Liverpool. I think, I think Firmino's got a massive role to play because here's the thing. I 
you don't necessarily need to fix the the how you play against the top six, top seven of the league. I think we've kind of got that crack. That will change, of course. You know, it's, it's not you know it's not a shoe in that will work exactly the same it's way. It's fluid. Everything's always moving, isn't it? But but there is that thing of having someone who can come in when we played the other 13, 12, 13 teams in the league, who's just a goal machine. Who, who puts them? You could see that being a you know. The, so we did this last season. You know, we that we we went to that Firmino leading the line, false nine thing, solely in the in the in the really important games. And we changed something else. Was this season? We've just stuck we've largely that. stuck yeah. with that, haven't we? Mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, Live Pez says, keep or sell the beautiful Emery Chan. If he plays like he did at the weekend, keep. I thought I see. You know, why would you why would you bother your arse selling it? Yeah. Um, it really comes down to whether you can get him tied up into a new contract. Mm-hmm. I think that obviously that's the first that's the first protocol. If you can, if he's willing to sign a contract that Liverpool think they'll get value out of first and foremost, then you would definitely be looking to keep him. And you're right, he has to play like he did at the weekend. Yeah. Um, if the contract's going to go into the final year, and you're not, gonna, I think you have to sell him. Yeah, I think you genuinely do. I think it's really based upon that yeah. more than anything else yeah. right now, because you know you need to protect some kind of value for him. Maybe I mean, yeah, I guess it depends how much we need the money. It depends how much you're likely to get. Because if someone says you'll get ten million this summer, maybe you just maybe yeah. you just keep him and let him run his contract down. You know, it's. I think we're all a little bit too harsh on Emery Chan as well. I think we're all. I, I'll talk for myself because it's not fair talking for other people, but I can be very bipolar on him. I can uh, one day I think he's absolutely amazing, and the other days I think he's he's poor. And mm. you know, I think that's you, you tend to forget because he's been around the squad a long time, and because he's moved positions and stuff, you tend to forget that he is still fairly inexperienced. Yeah, you know, he's not played that number six role for an entire well, year exactly. yet. He's not even played thirty yeah, games exactly. in it. Exactly, because he's thing, 22, 23. He's 23 on twenty four, isn't he? But he's the thing is, he's not a young player in the instructions. He should be entering into his prime years now. So. But he's still, you know, he's not. When you consider the positions he plays, I mean, you look at we compare, you know, he's been playing sharing a midfield with Jordan Henderson, Adam Lallana, and and Genie Wijnaldum, who are, you know, captain club captains played, you know, international football. They've all been captains, you're right. Exactly played international football in their in their preferred positions as well. And you consider Emery Chani at at 23, 23, he's yet to, as you say. Absolutely nail down a, a a role. I think you know you you're going to get some ups and downs in that. But I, I what it boils down to is this, and we said this some, we did this on the pod last week. And those who haven't haven't listened to it, please do go and check it out. But someone sent in a list of all the players he thought we'd chuck out. And what Liverpool need to do is to be resistant to mass change yeah. this summer. We should be looking to add, get rid of the obvious players who are just literally taking up space and they're not adding anything to the squad. But if there's something, if there's a player in there, we should be keeping that and nurturing that to the best of our ability. Because if you can, you, you just don't want to have to. You shouldn't have, don't go out and replace positions you don't need to go out and replace. We've just done a big chat on Nathaniel Klein. What's the point? Why? Why? When you've got definite areas that you need to improve, don't rock the boat. Yeah, don't make it harder for yourself than you need to. Any other good ones, Sam? Uh, gutted Steve said, "Why isn't Tom on the podcast?" Hashtag top pundit. Um, well, to be honest, if you were here, Stephen, you were doing the sounds. Um, he wouldn't be on the podcast yeah, at all. Yeah, someone wants to come in and help, help, help do the audio. Not that Tom's been doing the audio, he's been sat doing his other, his other work. I've not seen him levelling. Top 10s. I've been levelling, I've been listening. <laughs> uh, there was another question, but it's gone. So oh, well, okay, I'll take one from the sheet for now. Um, Chris, this comes from Stroke Matip. Uh, are you a sit down and scrunch, sit down and fold, stand up and scrunch, or stand up and fold when you wipe? 
Oh, um, I s- I really fear that you're going to come out with something really weird. No, I, no, I think. <laughs> How many people are watching this live, Tom? Uh, eighty three. Eighty three is fine. I can totally deal with eighty three. Um, I, I sit down. I I fold. I pre. The, the ending of the of the uh, number two. Why did you line? Why did you like line them up? Uh, yeah, I told you. I've been through this before. I think Paul. This was, was this on the long ball seats? I, I, I don't know. No, I don't think it was on the long ball seats. But no, look, I, I'm an, I, I like efficiencies in life. And, <laughs> you know, if you it's, it's just dead time in it. You know what I mean? You may as well be folding it up and stuff and getting it ready. <laughs> um, reading slash catching up on correspondence time. Well, you know, I, I, I do do that, but I'm not totally <laughs> comfortable with poo particles all over my phone all the time. <laughs> Because you're putting that right to your ear, in your mouth. So, yeah, I don't know if I've really answered the question, but I've answered it as best I can. Sit down and fold. Move on. Um, give it, put, let, put a hand up and we've got some more questions, Tom. Um, Lewis Calvert, our very own Lou Calvert91. If you don't watch his Extra Time show during the week, you What are you doing out. with your life? What are you doing with your life? Um, maybe having one, but if you haven't got a life, please do watch more Redman content on YouTube. Um, what are your first memories of the internet? Sites used to go on games you would play and computers in general um, I've always loved Minesweeper as, a, as an old PC just game going back to like doing tech in, in school when you knew there was something you could kill time on yes and no I actually enjoy the game it's a good game like it's, it's a, you're a solitaire man as well I you? am a solitaire man I love card games I just yeah. love I love it I love anything that you can play a game with somebody right in front of you is wicked by me yeah. I love board games and all that type of stuff the Minesweeper one plays on my love of maths which is weird <laughs> Chris does have a love of maths it's great uh, my, my, the first memories of the internet are obviously and again it's just ages we just age ourselves when we answer questions like this is is dial up and, and this is the important question and that everyone was afraid to ask but you had to have the bottle to ask was do the individual websites that you go on show up on your phone bill <laughs> that's the first question every young man had to had, had to answer when you had dial up because it's dial up it's accessing the site you have to make sure that that's not a thing nowadays broadband every, everyone's so au fait with what how, how to how to hide the things that they don't want people to find about them on the internet but yeah and the first one was my my first pc cost two thousand pounds and had an eight gigabyte hard drive eight gig which which that's at the massive. time which at the time, my yeah, 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 yours is hilarious. But at the time, I remember my cousin saying that's all that'll be enough to store the human consciousness. I like, I've got, I've got, I, I don't think I have a, a pen drive anymore or a memory card in my in, that I own that's smaller than 16 gig mm. anymore. And I've, you know, mine was a 33 megahertz Olivetti from Radio Rentals. Radio Rentals, we we rented what our PC. Radio PCL. Rentals, you ask? Yeah, yeah, go on, 500 megabyte hard drive. Go on, Tom. So, I guess it's, there's two questions, but whatever. Can't remember who you were. Sorry, everyone. Um, who would you bring in at left back, and who would you bring in at centre back? So, I don't. I, names are tough on this. If I had to throw. If I had to follow a similar model to Liverpool have followed in, in recent years, and this is no there's no guarantee over this, just to pick two easy names playing in the Premier League right now that I think would improve us. Westing. It's Aaron Cresswell at left back and it's Virgil van Dijk at, at centre half. And I you know, and I, hopefully what Liverpool will do instead is go and find the German equivalents mm. that cost a quarter of the price. Yeah. Um but those two in terms of like left back loves getting up and down. The, the Cresswell thing as well, the fact that he's a scouser helps I think all or I've said this before, all Premier League scousers. Any any scouser playing in the Premier League should be on Liverpool's books. Yeah. Because why not? Um and then Virgil van Dijk is just he's exactly what he's we're it. missing. Yeah. He's he's it. It. I, I look I, I think they're two great shouts. 
I'd go for them myself. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. I'm going to quickly pop over to these ones. Tom, if you get get your next question prepared. Um, <laughs> uh, Jared Classen, would you take Brendan Rodgers back if it meant you could have Suarez as well? Now, this oh. is the man last week who was talking about you two weeks ago when you said you wouldn't spend the academy the money on, on on fixing the academy and the and the and Melwood, you would spend that money on Sanchez because he'd buy you a league title. I would take Brendan Rodgers back and take Luis Suarez back. Brendan Rodgers would be part of the coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, Not coach. the assistant manager. Oh, no, I'd, have him, I'd have him in charge of the academy. It'd be great. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I've got to be more specific. Or no, a lawyer, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I wouldn't have Brendan Rodgers back, even if it meant Luis Suarez coming back, if I'm honest, because it's not about... That Luis Suarez, it's about the ne- it's about the next Luis Suarez, which is the saddest answer, <laughs> the saddest answer ever. Um, go on, Tom. Nothing. He's got nothing. End the periscope. Um, brilliant. So if you're watching on Periscope, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for your questions. The podcast will be coming out later this afternoon. Uh, you can get it on the Acast app. You can get it on iTunes. Watch it, rate it, review it. Um, well, Tom. <laughs> Does stuff. Uh, if you're still watching us on the redmentv.com, higher, you'll get to see the stress that's going on here. If you're listening, did you know you Pelica, Periscope was proudly made in America by immigrants? What? Nor did I. What? That's what it says on there. Okay, cool. Um, Thanks, L- Tom. The LFC podcasting couch at podcasting couch. Uh, I feel like they've future proofed themselves for for an expansion out from the LFC market that we have that we didn't do. Um, so well done, guys. Um, what's a better problem to have during the summer? A team that can smash the top six, but not the bottom six, or vice versa? Um, honestly, I think when you look at it over the over the course of a few seasons, the team that smashes the top six is generally the team that goes and wins the league. I think you know there's been a few obvious cases this season, for example. It's always us. It's always it us. Fucks these records. Yeah, you know, and but generally speaking, I think the difference is with the with the lower with the lower teams. You need a really good striker, and he'll, he'll, he'll sort of flat track bully them. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing that we're lacking. We've got a really great game plan yeah. for the bigger teams, but we're lacking that that guy who will just just kill the teams. Do you know why it's a really it's actually a really easy answer? It's the it had it's better to have a team that can smash the top six because you're not just gaining points, but you're taking them off your rivals. Mm. It's actually not just the bottom six that's the issue. It's the bottom half. It's almost those other. It's those other four teams that if we can if we can if we can. It's more. I think it works better almost like to be to be to beat all the top six, but lose the bottom ten almost in some regards. Because I um yeah, if we could get better at the because we, I think we're unbeaten against the teams in the top half of the se- uh, top half of the league this season. Yep. Sound tick, but de- definitely the, the, the improvement the, below that. This, including this season and the previous two years, we've not averaged more than two points a game against anyone in the lower half of the division. And that's the worst out of Liverpool, of, out of Manchester United, Manchester City, Tottenham, Chelsea, yeah. um, and I, Arsenal. Well, ultimately, the, the real answer is whatever it takes to get Liverpool to a league title. But what I'd say is, in the in the realistic week to week, day to day, whatever life of supporting Liverpool, the, the game by game thing, I said this the other week, we you get far more out, out of football by beating your rivals. Mm. You know, they're the games that you remember. They're the games that you play back. No one's. You know, if you're bored for the afternoon, you're probably not going to go back and watch the Watford game from early this season. But you will put on the Arsenal game from the first game of the yeah. season, or, or or what, what the Chelsea game, whatever. Pick one. Um, so I think it's, and if nothing else, it's 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 simply put this way: 
you need to be able to beat the best teams in the world if you want to be a top team as much as anything else. Because let's be honest, when you get into the Champions League, you're not playing the Stokes and Burnley yeah, in this world. You're playing the premium teams in the in Europe. So being able to beat good teams is something that teams throw hundreds of millions of pounds at. If we're able to do that, surely, surely the logic would follow that it should be it should be a smaller step to be able to beat the lower yeah, teams. That should be the bigger ones. Um, very good question, though. And yeah, also go and listen to uh, the LSU podcast. We should probably well. wrap the pod up there and continue for the subscriber stuff, mate. That's a great show, Chris. Um, right, okay. Yeah, thanks very much for for listening. If you're new to the the Redmen podcast, hope you've enjoyed yourself. Please do go on iTunes and give it. A, you know, if you want to give it a five star rating, that'll be tremendous. Um, but leave a review as well. Helps us go up the algorithm. We we cracked the top ten the week before last. We got I think we got up to eleventh last week. Ninth. We got to ninth. Yeah, we got oh, to ninth. Amazing. So yeah, obviously we want to see if we can see if we can see if we can beat that. I want to beat the ramble if I'm honest. We, wanna, we did ramble two weeks ago. I want to get above the football ramble because I, I, Marcus Spell is a good friend and I and I, and I, I basically just want to text him the picture of it and go yeah um I'm, I'm petty like that so yeah vote vote rate and all that kind of stuff if you want more of this and you want to see the video side of things please do go to the redmentv.com we do loads of amazing shows um the final word show 60 minutes after every single game reds news roundup and chris as the aforementioned liverpool statue as well looking into depth and detail of some of those more interesting things and trying to debunk some of those myths i think that people generate yeah. around the game so they're every single week it's two pound a month which is piss all really isn't it but that's entirely up to you whether you want to spend or not or not if you do to massive support and if you don't cool man there's plenty of free stuff for you to get your teeth into too anyway we'll leave you there walk on audio listeners